We're in the week of love and tying in love to our hands against racism campaign is our topic for today. Interracial dating and marriages. You're tuned in to Spice Radio 1200 AM. You're with me, Natasha and Mankiran on the morning buzz. And to shed light on this wonderful topic, we have an expert in the field. Ophir Weissman, founder and clinical director of No Fear Counseling. A very good morning to you, Ophir. Good morning to you as well, Natasha. Thanks so much for having me on. It's our pleasure. Now, Ophir, when we talk about interracial dating, interracial marriages, are Canadians more open to this concept? <laughs> to speak for a, for a whole country and a population, I think that the trend is generally in, in the Western uh, world, in North America and Europe, um, is, is towards more acceptance of, of a lot of different uh, categories. So interracial uh, marriages and relationships definitely have been on the rise. Um, and are more accepted by, you know, by, by society, I would say, for sure. And do you think uh, this differs when we talk about generations? Like when we talk about Gen Zs, they're being more open about it. And then when we talk about, say, boomers or even the Gen X uh, generation, and when we talk about immigrants, how open are they? Um, yeah, definitely with this, the, this, the first part of your the, the question around the, the second generation, when they're growing up here and, and sort of acculturated to media and, and, and school here and um and the culture here, uh, the second generation, whether it comes to uh, interracial and, and, and a lot of different um, elements, you know, counseling being one of them, being open to counseling, uh, people, you know, from, you know, speaking, you know, to South Asian communities in particular, um, adults, you know, where they're immigrants, they may have a harder time um, thinking of doing something like counseling because it's not as, um, you know, talked about at home and uh, back back at home, and also back in their in their uh, primary home. Um, but but then once they experience it and they see what it actually is versus the the preconception they have in their mind about what it is, then they they have a new experience, and the new experience allows for a new uh, paradigm or new uh, thinking around that particular topic. So I would say there's a lot of parallel there between. Um, people being willing to talk about their emotions, whether it's in therapy or, or uh, amongst themselves, uh, and, and connecting to their experience, and also things like interracial uh, relationships and marriages. Now, Ophir, you're an emotionally focused couples therapist, so I'm sure you must be meeting people who are dealing with these kind of uh, you know issues back home, whether it's dealing with their parents or, of course, with uh, between challenges between interracial couples themselves. So what do you think when it comes to talking about the different older generations? What are the barriers when it comes to you know them being open about multiracial or interracial relationships? Yeah, I mean, it definitely the, 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 if you have an interracial couple coming in, it is a, sometimes an extra uh, level of, we can call it, let's say, resistance to connecting to their experience that may not be there otherwise. Um, but that could also be said for other um, sort of areas of resistance where people come in, um, so same-sex marriages, um, you know, uh, transgender relationship, open relationships, things like this. These are additional levels that we have to look at. But at the end of the day, um, what really matters is the reason that they're there for, which is often in relationship counseling, is to work on their relationship. So as long as the goal is uh, around, you know, deepening their relationship or um, understanding each other, de-escalating from maybe arguments or fights that they're having, we can always get to the other side as long as both sides are willing to look at what's really coming up in these moments. 
um, of disagreement around maybe um, different cultural identities or, or just different paradigms that they might be coming into the relationship with, so culture being, uh, being one of them. Uh, but we can always work through that um, in, in the room. Hey, right. I know, as we say, love is blind and marriage is an eye opener. So you need exactly. to kind of, you know, just be very open. And uh, some of the things that kind of come up, what are the challenges that we're looking at? Is it in terms of food? Is it in terms of different cultural beliefs? What are the usually the top three reasons that bring in kind of rifts between couples who are interracial? Yeah. So on top of the normal things, I would say for inter- interracial couples, there could be a rigidity of, of belief systems. So let's say, for example, one person really believes that, you know, my wife, uh, wife's role should be X, and they really believe it very strongly. Um, that could be a, a barrier, at least initially, um, to overcoming that, that rigidity. Um, but, you know, when they, you know, again, to go <laughs> right to the solution, when we, when we get to the heart of it, we realize a lot of these, um, rigidity sort of issues do start from whether it's a programming from, from early childhood or even just um, something around trauma for that individual, whether it's, you know, quote-unquote deeper big T trauma or even um, uh, the kind of trauma that um, happens um, early on in life around neglect where they didn't get to talk about feelings or um, they just got hammered in very young, this is how it should be or this is how it is and there, it can't be any other way. But once they see the impacts on their partner, then they tend to, and their partner are able to express that in a vulnerable way, then they tend to get a lot more open because now it's that love of this blind piece, that attachment there. They're, they're, they're connecting to their partner on a human level, which then allows them to let go of some of that rigidity. So that's just one as an example. Right. And uh, when we talk about racism or fear, do you think multiracial relationships is like a cure for this? Uh, cures a, is a more of a medical term, but I, I think I know what you're saying. I, I do think that, you know, the more we, we integrate with each other, I, I do really believe that, you know, that allows us to have, you know, blended families and, and experiences with people of um, other faiths, other cultures, other religions, other um, belief systems, right, like political systems. I think the more we have of that on a human level, which is very much needed, I think, in our, in our world today, the more we can reach across whatever aisle that is, um, and, and see the human as opposed to all these ideas that are flooded to us on an everyday basis that, that's kind of there to, to divide us. Right. And uh, when we talk about marriages or relationships and, you know, there comes the kids, the multiracial kids, how does it impact their identity when we talk about, you know, joining two cultures or two races? Mm, yeah, that's a great point. I think that obviously it can, it can be easier um, at the outset you know, all, all, else, uh, all other factors being equal to be the same culture. But really, at the end of the day, no two people are really part of the same culture at an individual level, right? We're all individually acculturated within our family, then within that sort of neighborhood, then within that city, within that country. Um, and so everyone's having different experiences. When they look at studies of, of twin studies, even identical twins that are born seconds apart, have completely different trajectories in life because of the individual relationships they have with their with their parents. Um, so, despite being identical, they have completely different uh, life experiences, even though they're they're genetically identical, right? So, um, just because at the outset it's easier, uh, that doesn't mean that 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 um, you can't get through to the other side. As long as we work towards um, a unified uh, goal around parenting or discipline or what have you as far as the, the children are concerned, 
that's, I think, the, the more important piece. And all, all relationships around um, their children have different ideas about how they're to parent. So it's really about being able to talk about the differences and, and learn where we agree, where we disagree, and then work on, um, you know, agreeing to disagreeing on certain things, but still arriving at a decision that we're both um, satisfied with, which, as we know, we're not always going to be happy with. But um, until, until we, we get through, through the emotional barriers, um, then we can fight about ideas all day long, regardless of what they are. And how do you think uh, the multiracial people will kind of contribute to how Canada will look like, say, in the next 10 years? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think across um, all Western cultures, I think, you know, we are getting more and more mixed um, and uh, less and le- less uh, of the patriarchal sort of white uh, culture that we've had. And uh, I think for the most part, that's, uh, that, that's not a bad thing to, to have more of a variety, um, more, more uh, voices, um, as you said, more... Uh, uh, kind of, you know, colors in the pot, so to speak. But at the end of the day, um, I think that the most important thing is, is, is being able to um, mix and, and interact in a way that allows us to see each other as human beings with, with different ideas and not the different ca- you know, categories we bring to the table. Right. And now, since uh, you are a couples therapist, would you want to give us some advice for interracial couples who are listening to the show right now? So as, as couples therapists and therapists in general, we tend to really not give advice. I mean, therapists really are, uh, we call them process consultants. So we provide a process, and in that process, to the extent that you're, you're able as a client to collaborate with that process, uh, we're working to, to create inner shifts. When those inner shifts happen, uh, results then, you know, uh, you know come from, from those inner shifts. Uh, but uh, I, wish, I wish there was a a one-size-fits-all answer that I can give you, but uh, unfortunately in life, as you know, there's there's no real shortcuts. You have to do the, the hard work. I know. Marriage is hard work, Ophir. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, as Jordan Peterson likes to say, you have to be willing to fight about the smallest thing in the world, and I might be misquoting him, uh, but, but you have to be willing to fight um, about every little thing in order to have peace in the, in the long run, and, and peace uh, can also uh, equal happiness if both sides um, really understand each other at a deep level. Which wow. You have to be willing to fight for. Yeah, on that very positive note, and of course, since we're coming out of Valentine's Day, we're still in the love week, so to say. Uh, before I let you go, Ophir, uh, I quite like the play of words with your name, and of course, no fear counseling. Ophir, no fear. <laughs> right? So, how can our listeners connect with you and your wonderful team if they want to know more, whether it's your socials, and of course, get in touch with you as well? Thank you. Thank you for, for the plug here. Uh, so, yeah, my name's Ophir. I'm the founder of No Fear Counseling. Um, uh, so we like to think of No Fear not so much as not to not have fear, because fear is an important emotional uh, experience that, that all of us have, but more about uh, embracing your fear and then not having fear to try out counseling. So, so that's where, uh, you know, we take the guesswork out of uh, the, 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 the difficult, overwhelming task for a lot of people of selecting a counselor. We have almost 200 counselors on the team. Uh, most of them are all registered clinical counselors. We do also have lower-cost lower programs where we have both students and recent graduates. So it could be really, really affordable, as low as $40 per session, uh, you know, to support a student in, in their learning process. Uh, but you can find more about us on our website at nofearcounseling.com. Um, you can um, give us a call at our head office uh, where we have uh, two intake coordinators, Liam and Courtney. They'll be more than happy to take your calls. Um, and, and I'm available as well for more complex cases. And our head office number is 778-288-8361. And like I said, nofearcounseling.com where you can fill out a form and, and we can give you a call at your convenience.
Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Ophir. Thank you for having me. Have a great rest of your day. You too.